Hello, and welcome to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. I'm your host, Ashwin. I'm joined by DJ. It has been a while since I've been on the show, so I'm happy to happy to be back. It's been it's been a lot happening, a lot of craziness. Some of you saw on our socials that DJ Varun and I were all together, but happy to be back. DJ, how are you doing, sir? Long, t- long time no speak on the podcast, but it was great. It felt like we were just hanging out together last week. Yeah, it was brilliant. For those of you who don't know, Ashwin has just got married. So congratulations, man. It Thank was you, brilliant just... seeing you and Varun in person celebrating the event. So, yeah, very yeah, happy. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. So hopefully a good enough excuse to have been absent from the show for, I guess it's been three weeks or so. But Yeah, we got back. a few questions say where the episode was. I was like, I think we're doing something a little bit more important. Although this yeah. is very important to us. We, we would attending another important event. So Absolutely. So e- <laughs> let's call them equal parts important. But yeah, man, happy to be back. It's been an interesting time in the world of cricket because on the one hand, I have India-West Indies games going on in my time zone. Gosh, the, the tests were going on when you were, you know, in the US during the time zone. And it was, it was, they were not the most exciting kind of cricket. And I know you all talked that and you did the debrief with the Caribbean Cricket Podcast guys. And now, although the ODIs have started, the ashes are going on, it still feels like a little bit of a lull in kind of the, the cricket, in the cricket world. But still there's enough to talk about. So DJ... We're going to cover today a little bit about the West Indies, India ODIs, the Ashes, some big news coming out of the Ashes with a with their retirement. So if you uh, have missed that, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and then some stuff happening in the world of women's cricket, some drama there too, lots of lots of interesting stuff. So why don't we jump in and start with the with the ODIs, right? So Test Series finished, India dropped points, which I know you don't like as an expression, but dropped a couple of points against the, the West Indies. I'm still calling it that. And then we came to the ODIs and the first ODI was was almost almost shockingly boring. I remember texting you guys at that point being like, what is happening? Like, this isn't my time zone. I can watch most of it. It's great for me. And it just seems like the most, the most uneventful, boring ODI. And then second ODI came around. We made two changes in the team that are kind of long overdue, if you will, in terms of future planning, future proofing, just to learn. And we fell apart. So why don't we start with, why don't we start with kind of, oh, your overall opinion on the series, right? Like, we're now playing against a side who's not going to be in the World Cup. Why are we playing three ODs? Why are we playing three T20s coming out of it? Like, what, what's actually happening? Uh, aren't we playing five T20s? Five T20s. I was surprised as well to learn that. Three actually. in the West Indies, two in the US. Yeah, so. Yeah, in, in a year where there's no T20 World Cup as well. But anyway, I guess we'll, we'll find out. Um, yeah, there isn't much context to this ODI series other than for India to test out its youngsters, which is what I think Rahul Dravid said as well, which is what we said as well on the preview with Mashal from the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And it's been a weird series. I mean, it's been pretty one-sided game so far. And the scoreline is one all. What is interesting is the third ODI, which will be the decider between these two teams, what combination is India going to go in with? And as you mentioned, the two big names, Rohit and Virat, they didn't really want to come into bat in the first ODI as well. Rohit was kind of forced to come into bat towards the end. Yeah, so so what actually happened there, right? Like what is the what is the objective of playing an ODI series in a in a world ODI World Cup year? Yes, fine. They got out for 114. You're thinking we'll chase this pretty easily and we'll come back and talk about the bowlers. But you have Kishan and Gill opening. Then you have Sky play at three. Hardik at four. Where was Rohit ended up walking in at seven, I think? Virat didn't even bat. Like Either play them and play, and I know you and Marshall talked this, so sorry for being repetitive, but either play them and try to test out your 11, your combination for the World Cup. How does it gel? How does it work? Or try to test new guys, but like, what is the point? What's, what's the point? I'm just I'm flabbergasted. Your guess is as good as mine, but 
what it was an opportunity was for some people to stand up and be counted particularly in the second game in the first game you can kind of forgive it because you're only chasing 120 in the second game in a world cup year where the lineup is uncertain where you're fighting for spots the two guys and it's in the name of the show surya and samson and oddly enough surya was wearing samson's shirt throughout do you know what's gone on there Yeah I didn't know I read about that a little bit and I was just confused and I just yeah, so I, I know in, so that seems to have put on a bit of muscle muscle is they calling it now yeah, I okay. don't know it's right. come a bit bigger hasn't but, it but with Samson shirts looser that is that what we're saying Samson bigger than Surya I don't know maybe he was like trying to trick the selectors by wearing Samson shirt and playing a horrible shot and getting out and being like oh look at Samson's got out so Like maybe uh, they should give Surya a shot. You can actually tell. I don't know. Uh, I know across. <laughs> I know across the pond uh, at the Ashes, they did purposely wear each other's jerseys. I don't know if you want. We caught that as part of the Alzheimer's and uh, dementia yeah. awareness, which is which is a great initiative. And then on on this side, we don't, we're unclear if it was done, you know, with good reason or just as an error or as a joke. Maybe or, the or his jersey got whatever. lost or. I don't know maybe Surya felt his shirt was a bit tight you know, or something. You know none of that stuff is out of the question. But okay, I want to come back to Sky and Samson really quick. Let's just talk about the West Indies getting out for 114. Nothing to write home about in the chase. Kishan looked really good opening and then basically got the job done. But let's talk about three overs, two maidens, four for six. It sounds like a joke honestly, but how does Kuldeep Yadav keep coming back into the side after extended absences? Keep delivering and then keep getting dropped out of there. Like Like what the poor guy, right? Yeah, but also the wickets that were taken at the tail end, right? Like the the issue with that is that they're not going to be taken seriously. He took Shay Hope with who's their yeah, best who's, batsman. Yeah, yeah. Who and who's had got really crazy average of like his stats are incredible. Yeah, yeah, but is that because he's been playing Zimbabwe and like in all the qualifying games he scores like hundreds of runs? Or, or are you thinking of Babar? Oh uh, no. Yeah. We're, oh, we're not so. going there. We're not going. Okay, there. Right. but right. but Shea Hope averages like sixty since the last. He's got the highest average of all batters since the last World Cup. Yeah, and I wondered how that is because the West Indies are not now qualifying for the next World Cup. So I don't know who he's been playing to to smash all these runs. But he got runs in the first game and in the second game. Kuldeep got yeah. Kuldeep did get him, but then the, I think there were two or three that were just like bunnies uh, caught in the headlights, completely clueless as to what uh, Kulu was doing. It's good to watch yes. him though. It's good fun so, actually. So really quick, uh, Shea Hope averages fifty point eight. Uh, he's made the most of his runs are actually against India uh, at oh, an average of forty nine, forty nine. Then against Bangladesh, an average of seventy. Then Sri Lanka, average of fifty seven. Afghanistan, average ninety one. So he's playing a lot of subcontinent teams. But is that what we're Australia, calling them, subcontinent teams? Why? They don't, they don't like, know what I said. Yeah, they are, but they they, they sub. Some of them are substandard subcontinent. Oh, teams. there you go. Are you talking about India? Who are you talking? No, about? India is all right. Obviously, anyway. not. So we'll come back from from Shayo, but like credit to Ravindra Jadeja too. Just keeps showing up, keeps picking up wickets. Three for thirty-seven in his six overs. I mean, it's a little baffling actually that Kuldeep had four wickets and only bowled three overs, but obviously yeah. he ended up cleaning up the tail. So not I, not nothing to write home about. But let's come to that second game, right? And two key changes, right? First, un, sort of unexpectedly to me, Hardik walked out at the toss. Said Rohit and Virat. A didn't really bat. I mean, Rohit came out at the end because he had to, but didn't really bat, and then got dropped for the second game. So some questions on why were they selected for the first game at all? And then, and then who came in? Sanju Samson came in to end up batting at three, and then Akshar Patel came in, ended up batting at four, and you know neither delivered. So just, so just walk me through this, right? Because following the game, and there was some rain interruptions and stuff, but it was 
16 overs, 90 for zero before Gil got out. So, you know, Gil made 34, which is which is fine. It's not phenomenal. It's not not bad, in, but not but great. But we've already the, started seeing questions about Gil's form. So I know you've been asking that, but let me, let's come back to that. And then so from 90 for one, it's the next thing I looked, I realized it's 181 all out. So, yeah. so are we just, are you so reliant on Rohit and Kohli either as batters or as presences in the side? Was it just one bad day and we should just forget about it and we will come back and win the third ODI by 100 runs again and put this to rest? Like, So there's a few things, right? Actually, the pitch was quite bouncy. It was quick and it was turning, which is an unusual combination, right? Because you don't, you either expect it to turn and have be slow and low or it's like fast and bouncy. This seemed to be doing both because if you recall, there was a lot of like horizontal bat stuff from Gil as well as Kishan hitting over, pulling, cutting for six. So I think the pitch was, was made to look better than um, it was. It was a tough By pitch to bat on, I think. I mean, yeah. Let me ask you about Kishan then. Back-to-back 50s, got played in the test matches, not, yep. not a, nothing... You know, not not immediately breaking the door down in Test cricket, but how do you feel about like I think there's videos now surfacing about Rahul in the nets a year back to coming close back to fitness. Of course, Bumrah. Uh, so as you think about an eleven, is how how high up is Kishan in that kind of Ooh. ranking for you from an ODI standpoint? It's a very difficult question. So it's a backup opener slot. I think that he's competing for. I don't think so. I was interested in seeing whether in this series Kishan would bat lower down the order and mm-hmm. challenge for that middle order spot where where I think there's three people that are in the vying for key, the keeper spot in the absence of Rishabh Pant, who, by the way, is also back deadlifting mm-hmm. in terms of the videos. He's back training at the NCA and mm-hmm. he's been giving our boy Kishan some tips. I don't know if you heard the last show, but... And the bat. And the bat, yeah. It was just like the 106s was just... I mean, no one else can teach you that, right? Like who else yeah. to learn from? But, but, but just on Kishan, yeah. so if you go Rohit Gill... Kohli, and just going through the certainties, if you will, but or then uh, you know Hardik, and then you go Sky. Well, see, so that's it, right? Like is you Sky start a going through, but no, no. So let's say those four four are certainties. Then you go yeah. through Sky, Ayer, and some of these other types of options. Every single name I just named was a right hander. So until Jadeja, we have no lefty, and so that's the only place I think in a World Cup year that Kishan potentially ekes out something. And that's why I was wondering whether he would bat down the order, mm-hmm. and we didn't bat him down the order. Instead, so you don't think they're messing with Rohit and Gill as at the top? I don't think they're so given Rohit's fitness history and the hard ground in India. If he's injured, I think Kishan will then slot in there. Okay. So I don't think they're seeing him as a middle order option. They would rather use someone like a Jadeja, I think, to go up the order if he needs to, which was shown by them batting Akshar at four. I think because this would have been the series to check out whether Kishan could bat in that number five, effectively number five slot, right? Because yeah. there'd be a batter or a, or a Samson, somebody batting it for. Let's talk about the, his opening partner then. And I know you've raised some questions and you're already mm. thinking about it. But so so two test matches, Shubman Gill made a combined 45 runs in his three innings, right? Average of uh, 22.5, I guess that is. And was the lowest scorer for Team India behind Ashwin, behind Jadeja, behind everyone. Like the lowest run scorer for Team India. Uh, and then in the ODIs, you, obviously... So he got out twice, yeah? In the... Got out twice, but only made 45 runs total. Mm. Uh, but again, lowest run scorer for for India, right? Behind Ashwin even, obviously, mm. who had a pretty good run. And then, yeah, both ODIs, he made a combined 41, 7 in the first, 34 in the second. 
are you starting to ask questions or has he you know has he gotten to the point with the uh, with the year he's had in the IPL and the uh you know he, that is he's allowed to have one bad series before the the world cup i'd rather have him have his dip now than during the world cup i think he will be back spoken like a world true cup. indian fan <laughs> Oh. better now than in the icc knockout phase yeah. of the world cup like the yeah. the yeah. semi final he looked and i think there was a comment made in the second odi that he looked bored when he got out in this game like there was no need for him to hit that shot right yeah he was just going over the top it was a good catch the west indies fielded much better in the second odi as well that was a good catch i thought by alzari joseph yeah he didn't do himself any favors with that but i don't think these guys die wondering so I don't mind it. I think he's a class player. I don't think he's under pressure yet for his spot. I think the year he's had and given that I think the final is at the uh, Narendra Modi Stadium in Gujarat in Ahmedabad and I think the India Pakistan game is there as well which will come to later. Yeah. I think it'd be a, a brave man to drop Shubman Gill when India are playing games in in Ahmedabad. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And so before we wrap up about the ODI series and and talk about some other topics Rahul Dravid right we've talked about him a little on the show he is and let's let's say struggled a little, little in his early run earlyish run as a coach but you know he came out and said he defended the 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 decision he said we have to experiment it make you know this is the only time he basically said these are the only matches we had to try stuff before the asia cup and then asia cup goes straight into world cup i think there's a couple of ireland games or something somewhere in between but yeah what what is your take on kind of tactical tactical thinking and you know obviously he had to defend the decision to 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 do some rotations but yeah what's your thinking on dravid because so i don't care about the akshar batting at 4 and all that's just mm. that's just stuff what we need to lock down and we started this podcast in 2018 how many episodes did we talk about number 4 in that lineup who who have we gone through we went through vijay shankar from shankar to raidu to like like to we dhoni Dhoni no, batted at four for a while. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. To yeah, saying yeah. Kohli should drop down for the good of the team. To KL Rahul that, eventually batting that, there. Yeah, crazy. And then moving up to open to Pant yeah. coming into bat at number four in the World Cup semi-final. Yeah. This is what we talked through, right? Mm-hmm. The the things we need to lock down are our wicket keeper, right, and our batters basically. Mm-hmm. Like, is are we taking Sky and Samson to the World Cup? How are we doing that? We don't know because Ayer's on his way back, Rahul's on his way back. They are not here, so we don't have a full squad to be able to pick from and and compare all of these people together, which we had the last time round mm-hmm. because the World Cup was in summer. So it's been it's a bit odd, and I don't mind the experimentation. I think the real questions are around Surya, Samson, and the wicket keeping slot. And I don't know where what the answers are to that. So you tell me. who's keeping wicket in the world cup for india if you're if you're the chief selector and you have to announce the world cup squad or world cup 11 today mm. does sky make it with everybody fit yeah well so, no, you yeah. mean today do you mean today or assume everyone's fit uh, assume most likely scenario on fitness so no rishabh pant but uh, shreyas ayer kl rahul look like they're back yeah he wouldn't most make the 11th for me he wouldn't make the 11th for me he would make yeah. the squad probably yeah But does I'll yeah. ask you the same question on Sanju Samson? As zero percent, absolutely not. App, oh my God, now you're going to get a, a torrent of abuse. He doesn't now. make the eleven. He doesn't. He hasn't. The eleven and the, and the squad. I can see him working his way into the squad, right? Because there's a world where 
you you know some balance of rahul and kishan and then keeping abilities may come into play spinning tracks etc there's a world where he adds value there like you have to think of the keeper as an all-rounder not a batter who can keep uh, and there's a world where samson is a better keeper than rahul so and in the in that so our number one keeper batter at the moment is kl rahul batting 5 say at full fitness four? yeah rahul 5 Is that a best profile? I think so. I actually don't disagree with that. I I think it's hard Crazy. to disagree with that. Man, they should just hire us as selectors. We got it done. Yeah, I mean, I told them to move Rohit up to uh, <laughs> open the batting zero for zero. Look at what he's done for his the boy's career, captain. That's it. That is it. Crack. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh, so. So one more hypothetical before we take a quick break. One ODI left against the West Indies. Samson comes out and makes a hundred. Now what? Do you give him? Do you say? He'll at least make Asia Cup, and he needs to show demonstrate demonstrate continued performance because it's not out of the question, right? Samson has the the raw talent, he has the ability, he's shown results. Like, yeah, what what do you do if that happens next next match? Hmm. Wow. Actually, let me make it even harder for you. Samson comes out and makes seventy eight. Hmm. Because a hundred, then you say, okay, it's hard to drop the guy. Let's remember, he makes like a, a decent seventy eight as India makes three hundred and forty. I think it's still KL, man. I yeah. think KL's yeah. more consistent, more reliable, can hit as big. We don't play baseball. If you were asking me, a team that mm-hmm. played baseball went hard mm-hmm. from day one. We've never played that kind of ODI cricket, mm-hmm. and KL just fits in better. And I don't think you need that good a keeper. KL's been doing okay, but it's his fitness. Is he match fit enough? Will he? Ha- we've got the Asia Cup, and we've got the Australia. I think five ODIs, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be match fit enough to make it through the to the World Cup? I suspect KL will. He's just he's good man. Like despite all the hate he gets, he's he's good at that. He's been good at that number five. I don't know whether he can filter his stats at number five in ODIs. See, I'm putting you on the spot, but I I want to bet that his stats are pretty good at number five against good teams. So his, I mean, I can't do number five against good teams to be clear. Okay, yeah. he's played fifty two innings for India. His average is forty five point one. Twenty three of those were opening. He averages forty three, forty three strike rate about eighty. But at five, he averages fifty three, and strikes at about a hundred. So he's that's, shown his ability. That's to like Yuvrajesk. That's Yuvrajesk figures, man. And the first, last first time off, can I get some? Time? Can I get some credit for finding that as fast as I did? That was really good. I have to Thank say. Thank you very much. <laughs> who his runs come against at five? We can't do that. Stats guru. We, I, you can do who's his whoever his runs come against, or at what batting or position. At what I'm not position, not quite sophisticated enough oh to God. say to drill again. Yeah, no, but, but those are Yuvraj's numbers, right? Like yeah. average over fifty three, strike rate yeah. over a hundred. I mean, and yeah. he if he's keeping wicket, he's an all rounder then. Mm-hmm. KL's pretty pretty balanced to be honest across the board, but again, not by batting position, but pretty good record against New Zealand, against West Indies, Zimbabwe is not as good against Australia. So anyway. Yeah, I mean, Yuvraj Singh's average thirty six, and at five he averages thirty nine at a strike rate of eighty seven. Granted, yeah, different a lot era. more sample size, different era, and all. So, anyway, nothing like nice. this. I think we'll have we will get to talk Asia Cup, World Cup. See, we're getting excited about this World Cup. This is great, despite our best efforts. Despite, not to. yeah, dude, this is why we're here. <laughs> this is what we do. Um, TJ, we're going to take a really quick break. We'll come back and talk about some women's cricket and cricket from the rest of the world. So, do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. 
I want to talk a little bit about the Ashes, but where at the time of recording this, there's one day left in the series. We are pretty well, pretty phenomenally poised actually in this fifth test match. So Australia have returned, retained the series. Some of it was because of the rain, et cetera, all the discussion and, you know, people, you guys are tired of hearing about it from us. However, that fifth test match, Australia was set 398, I think, 390 plus to win. And they got to day four, stumps on day four, thanks to some rain, at 135 for zero. And so coming into day five, I mean, let me start by saying, DJ, in a world of three-day test matches and discussion, remember two, two years ago, we were saying, should all tests become four-day and stuff? Majority, I think all the tests have gone to day five, and at least three of them have gone into day five with, to use the commentator's cliche, all four results still possible, Right. So, A, let me ask you for a prediction. If you got a clear day. Also, it's at the Oval, right? Can you look outside? Are you expecting rain tomorrow? Uh, it's been raining all day today. In fact, the game I was supposed to play today got rained out. I mean, I drove only two hours to get there. I got there late because I took the wrong exit. So that was Two good hours? And then it got yeah. rained out? I, I took the wrong exit, so I went to another town and then came back. Amazing. Uh, the openers, our openers actually put on 135 in like 14 overs. So the opposition, when the rain came down, said, I don't think we should restart. It's not safe. It's, it's not, not safe. Yeah, it's a bit It's a bit wet. So You guys yeah. have covers and stuff and ground Yeah, stuff? yeah, there were covers and everything. But, I mean, it was their <laughs> ground, right? So we were playing away. Oh, yeah. It was two hours away. And I was just like, okay, I, I don't see us restarting. So we spent yeah. the afternoon in, in one of the uh, watering holes around the pub. So that was nice. Pleasant. So Although, let's talk about did, going into day five. I did drive <laughs> yeah. back, so. Yeah, of course. Well said. Good save. Uh, 249 needed. Call it up to 90 overs. Do you think uh, Australia gets it done? Do you think, you know, on a day five pitch, even though this pitch seems pretty flat, uh, you still back the bowling side on day five to take 10 wickets more than you back the batting side on most cases. But 250 is not that much, especially Kwaja has been absolutely outstanding. Australia's best batter all series, I would say. And Warner has got a lot of starts, but finally found form and converted and is not out at 58. You think Australia gets it done and like cements there? Because because winning two one because of rain or winning or drawing two two and keeping the Ashes is very different result to winning three one. So I'm going to make a prediction, which is that Australia will get the job done, and it's because of the memories of KL Rahul and Richard Pant smashing them everywhere in the uh, England versus India test match a few years ago. The Oval's a good pitch. The Oval's mm-hmm. always been a good pitch. Mm-hmm. Even when India played uh, when, when India played England at the Oval in 21, it, they were chasing something over 300, but they were 100 for no loss before the Lord came and took some wickets. It's a good track. Australia's strong batting lineup. Moeen Ali is injured. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that's stacked against this England side. Yeah. Unless... And this is the only caveat I can give you. It's a London crowd. It's Stuart Broad's mm-hmm. last game. He's mm-hmm. been their best bowler throughout the series. If he can conjure up some magic and Mark Wood can bowl 90 plus miles per hour. He bowled like three overs today, which was weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether there's explanation for that. Or not. I, I think the commentators thought he was waiting. They were waiting for the, the ball to get some reverse because there was a lot okay. of spin early. So they were trying to get Root, Joe Root overs in. But anyway, yeah, yeah. keep going. But Root is, a, is decent, but he's not... He's not a, a frontline spinner, right? Absolutely. Like other than yeah. in Ahmedabad on day two. But I actually think that this Australian team have a point to prove. Mm-hmm. Because the way the English press and players particularly, and I found it very odd what the players were going on about that this is a hollow yeah, victory. And yeah. including Broad. But also and, but also do you love now, by the way, that it that 
poetically it started raining because all of the all of the internet was like, well, Joe Root wants to play till 10 p.m. If it stops, yeah, let's well, come back at 7 p.m. and bring it. Come on, now does bring yeah, it. What a ridiculous comment to make, just, right? Like, just you've been saved a million times by the rain, yeah, including against were. India in the first test match at Nottingham, yeah. where we went, yeah. needed 140 runs to win on the last day and the entire day was rained out. I remember watching that game. I watched yeah. day four and day five was completely mm-hmm. rained out. Pujara was batting. And yep. they, India were in a position to win. But there was no chat about, oh, let's just add a reserve day at the end of this because we should have a result. No, nope. that's not how it goes. At that point, anyway, you saved the match. But yeah. the whole narrative and the momentum after England won that test match has become a case of, oh, it's all basketball. We're just going to go and play for the win. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is like, whatever. Like, they've retained the ashes. Nobody cares about it. I think a 3-1 win for this Australian team is important to drive home the fact that they've played better than England in those first two test matches, right? And they won those two tests. It's on, it, the scoreboard doesn't lie. It's 2-1. But 2-2 will be a hollow Ashes retention for them because you've retained it on a technicality. Yeah. Here's the perfect scenario for me. Australia need like 65 more runs. They have eight wickets or something to spare and it starts raining and England <laughs> gets the draw. So, so, so England's then celebrating the raid to save a draw at all. Australia still win two one. They deserve it, and then each side gets to say, "Listen, we would have won one game, yeah, if not for the rain." So England's complete like the rain is what made us lose the Ashes gets destroyed. It yeah, goes I away. mean, David, multiple same thing times India have been thwarted by rain in 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 Joburg in ninety seven in in Sydney when Rishabh Pant scored that hundred and sixty nine. We we lifted the trophy after a drawn game because of rain. Yeah. But it, yeah. it's only the team that's losing that complaints, right? Like yeah. India saved a, a match because of bad light and rain at Lords as well, when Dhoni made 90. I'm sure you remember that because it was a great knock. Of course. Right? In 2007. Uh, but anyway, I think 3-1 and I'm predicting yeah. they're going to go 3-1. I think Manus needs to take some revenge for the Bales incident. Did you watch that? That was unbelievable. And they tried it again with Kwaja and he was just unfazed. Nothing is, it, is it a coincidence or do you think there was something that that happened. I'm, I'm sure he was just thinking about it, right? Like Marnus, that's what, like at this highest level, when you're in this battle of, you know, wits and you're just playing at the, the highest possible level, any little thing to rattle the batsman can work sometimes. Yeah, so, I mean, for the listeners who aren't, who haven't watched mm-hmm. the incident, please go back, back and watch it. Basically what happens is, they, Marnus is in like a, he's in the zone, like I think it's mm-hmm. like nine of a 80 balls or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many you made. You made nothing. Mm-hmm. And then Stuart Broad just goes and, and flips the bales around. Like just the left to the right and the right to yeah. the left. That's and it. Doesn't do anything. It's legal. There's nothing else. And the next ball, Manus next one, and he's gone. And it was just, I mean, I think he was pretty upset by that. Plus, I mean, we haven't talked about Stuart Broad's. So now let's let's do it. Six hundred wickets. And he's decided, and very, very, very smart PR team at the end of day three says, Oh, I just kind of thought about it and made the decision. Of course you didn't. The end of day three, you've given yourself and Sky Sports two full days of montages and tributes and this and that. And of course, it's the writings on the wall that there's an empty spot in the commentary box waiting for him. But DJ, I want to ask you to to talk about Stuart Board retiring because to be totally transparent, I don't have a lot of nice things to say. So I would rather you say it because most of what I would say is pretty negative. I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a fan. But anyway, you got to give credit for 600 wickets and the great career. Yeah, I see. I, I mean, you don't have to be a fan to respect his achievements from... I don't think we you can say he's a fan, but he's somebody you you, you love to hate. And the game likes characters like yeah, that. And, yeah. and it, it's kind of like Virat before he 
maybe sobered up a bit mm-hmm. i mean he's basically if he's if he's annoying and he's a git he's our git and that's what the english would that's why the english would love him that's why they would love jim jimmy as well right I and struggle, I struggle with that King. parallel a little because I don't. I think Brian Stewart has done some stuff that's that's pretty significantly worse than than Virat. But actually, that's probably yeah. my bias. So I'll accept. No, no, no. Fair enough. And and I mean, he's copped it for that, and he's taken it, and he's yeah. he's come back. It's and I think he mentioned it in one of his press conferences. He mentioned about the Yuvraj saying six sixes. He was twenty twenty one when that happened, and he bounced back from that. He said it taught me to have a routine before every ball. I bowled obviously that went away when Bumrah scored 35 off his over as well or 37 off his over or something crazy mm-hmm. in 21 but he's had some incredible spells 8 for 15 is one of them that I remember with the Ben Stokes catch at the in the ashes uh, he had an incredible spell at Nottingham against India with a, including mm-hmm. a hat trick which was slightly dubious because Harbhajan edged it onto the onto his pad but guess what india didn't like drs then so we couldn't mm-hmm. do anything so it didn't happen yeah yeah so but he got he got he got the uh, and and he's just one of those characters once he got on a road and i was reading somewhere on twitter that it was like one of those like pakistani bowlers when they get on a roll they really get on a roll and they will just run through an entire side mm-hmm. and yeah it felt a little bit like that i mean it's a he's 36 i think he's is he he's a year younger than me so i've pretty much watched him play his entire mm-hmm. career and it's yeah it feels a little bit strange that that he's retired but i mean good luck to him and like he'll do well i think he'll he's pretty articulate he, he thinks about the game a lot i mean even people like ponting find a career in commentary despite what they did on the field sometimes with catches and stuff right so we've got to move past that everybody matures uh, he's let's put it this way he's the draco malfoy of cricket right They actually look as alike too, don't? They? Yeah, and that's it. I mean, every every hero needs a villain, and and a pantomime villain. What I thought was a particularly nice gesture was the Aussies giving him a guard of honor mm-hmm. in his last game. And I think, well, also, did you see Steve Smith inviting Jimmy Anderson to to walk through the guard of honor as well? trying to trying to find the right time and i think he thinks he's got a little bit left in him but i think yeah it's it, it's weird to think about anderson without broad right like it's just one of those partnerships that you think about batting partnerships more than you do bowling but this is a bowling partnership you think they've played cricket without each other they've had series where one got selected the other didn't and it just it just seems seems strange to be watching anderson bowl without broad and, and i think broad just made the decision to retire at his peak and i think jimmy's had a bad enough series not or like not a bad but a low impact enough series that he probably wants to come back at least for his one standalone test or something but that's going to be in uh, india now then i think they next play in india right yeah i mean i'm i'm sure he's looked at the calendar and and figured it out because he wants to he wants to retire on a high so also do you think it the whole retirement thing through broad off his game today cuz he like he had warner right like if you ever had a bunny to take yeah. on your last time bowling man i, I both think that and i think you've got him out 17 times or whatever it is like you can't expect <laughs> like somebody else has to try to get Warner out at some point right like but I, I hey Stuart Broad was not out at the end of his career so he was uh, and left, last left. ball he ever played was a six and there you go so anyway you're you were kinder than I was good good tribute I was thinking about the fact that his his own father had to give him demerit points for a send off and that whole drama <laughs> that happened a few years ago and then he threw the ball at 
think it was Dulkarn and Haider or somebody like from the Pakistan team and injured him and got fifth fines. And I, my memories of Stuart. The celebrity. That's the, the other ce- thing. The celebrity is and like they're not walking after the edge, which is of course the all-time like the, the, the biggest edge I've maybe ever seen. But anyway. Uh, congratulations to Stuart Broad. Congratulations to the England team. They, uh, you know, exciting, and we'll see how we'll see how day five goes. But DJ, before we wrap up, we have to talk about back to coming back to Team India, but this time talking about the women's team. And since we're talking about demerit points, right? Since we're talking about misbehaving <laughs> and bad behavior and stuff, do you want to quickly run our listeners through what happened in the drama with Harman Kaur versus Bangladesh? The series ended up tied at one all with the third match tied, and she had some drama about padding, and then at the the, the trophy raising ceremony and has now been has now been banned for a couple of matches. So first, before you walk through the drama, if this was Rohit or Kohli, we would have scheduled a, a quick shitty little two match series against Afghanistan or somebody to get her two match ban done before yeah. the. But um, so maybe the. But she's missing the Asian games. That's uh, what I mean. She's missing the Asian games. Why don't we schedule these two matches somewhere against some team? Get her ban out of the system, and then it's she's fine by the Asian games. Anyway, but talk us through what happened. Yeah, I mean, she she got dismissed. Obviously, I think this is the culmination of a, a number of events, I think, over time. She was frustrated by the quality of umpiring. I don't think the decision itself was wrong because I think she did hit it onto her pad, which then ballooned to slip and was caught. Mm-hmm. But she was obviously frustrated with, with herself or being given out. One sec, was she given out LBW? I think she thought she was given out LBW, but I think they later clarified that she was given out court because I think she did hit it and it went yeah, to slip. She did hit it and it went up. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think she was entirely right in that. Mm-hmm. In that, But then she demolished the stumps. And the last time we saw that also happened in Bangladesh when you remember Shakib just like kicked the stumps over mm-hmm. and stuff. There's a clip of, I must have sent, we must have sent it to each other mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so there seems to be like a thing. Uh, but then it was quite petulant, like, and that's pretty poor from someone who's of her stature to say, call the umpires in the team photo of the Bangladesh team. And that led the opposition to just walk out from there because it was pretty, it's pretty petty, right? Like, and yeah, and I think even the, the Bangladesh captain said, yeah, it was fine until it was on the field. But then when you mm-hmm. go off the field, it becomes like really not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And pl- my players look up to Harman and they do. I mean, like mm-hmm. she's genuinely like a, a a trailblazer for the game. Like her 170 odd again, 171 not out against Australia. It changed the face of the women's game. In fact, the other time she got a demerit point was in that innings. Mm-hmm. When she threw her helmet down after getting to 100 because she was angry with, I think, Deepti or somebody at the other mm-hmm. end for not running properly or something crazy. Um, but now she's she's been uh, banned for these two games. It's a pretty poor look for Indian cricket, I have to say. It's it's a backward step and it, it's not it's not great. It's um, Yeah, if someone like a Kohli or, or Rohit would have done that, we would have had really strong words. For that as well. I don't think I've ever seen male international cricketer demolish the stumps. I think they've like switched over the bales before out of frustration. And stuff. But to take the stumps out is, that's pretty next level. And people get angry. Yeah, things happen. Yeah. yeah. But then to carry on after, I think that's where she crossed that line. Yeah, I agree with you fully. Not a lot to add, but I think, you know, frustration happens. You're 
annoyed decisions, whatever, not acceptable, but but fine. But to to not let it go, not a long time later, and still like point fingers at the umpires. I think that that was where it crossed the line. So disappointing to see it happen, but and you know that's it does happen. It's the reality. Like I said, I, I really I'm hopeful they find a way to to reverse the ban a little because the you know the they're not going to appeal it. They, they, well, they can't, apparently. They missed the window too. They missed so the timeline. And I think that was a conscious decision to let yeah. that lapse. Yeah. I, I don't think there was I don't think there was, there was a lot of grounds, yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, disappointing to see, but hopefully, you know, the rest of the, the squad steps up and she just waltzes back in after the first couple of games and finds uh, some silverware for Team India in the Asia, Asia Cup or the Asian Games. That's it. DJ, good episode. Fun to chat. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on day five of the Ashes. I think by the time we're on next, the Wait, What's your prediction? I think Australia is going to do it. I, I just do. I think 398, I would have said, if I was WinViz, I would have said very heavily favoring England. But to go into day five at 135 for zero, it's only 249 on day five is... Now, Australia lost four quick wickets in the first innings, right? So it can happen. You can absolutely collapse. But is it when you get closer that you start believing? Like England were 65 away with four wickets left in the yeah. second test yeah. at Lords with yeah. Stokes going nuts. Yeah, That's so, when they fell. Yeah, so it could absolutely fall apart. I think it's going to be a scintillating day five, but uh, I think I think Australia is going to get it done because Pat Cummins and his boys just want to... There's a huge difference between 3-1. Uh, retaining the Ashes 2-2 or even 2-1. And so they're going to want to get it done. And can, can I just take one comment that's coming on YouTube as well? Yeah. I'll ask you this question. And maybe you can answer it in the context of your prediction of the ODI series and the T20 series. Raghav asks, we needed this, right? Like all the crazy windies are a bad team and a minnow team. It was going to come back to us. Maybe we'll learn from this. What is your prediction for the rest of the tour? Yeah, I, so I think I think on the, uh, India will win the third ODI, right? I think they'll step up and, and figure it out. But 2-1 is an important lesson and important learning like dropped points in the test if you will and 2-1 in the ODI is very different to to sweeping both tests and ODI so I agree with that on the lesson I think the T20s are a whole different ballgame I think the West Indies have you know kind of blown hot and cold over the years but they're not long they're relatively recent T20 World Cup champion they know how that game is played they play a lot of that format across the world in many of the leagues so I think it's going to be a hard-fought series in the T20s I still think India will edge it out but I'm going to call it 3-2 Two, one, and three, two. Yeah. Nice. That's it. All right. That brings us to a wrap. Thank you all for joining. If you were watching us on YouTube, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. As always, at one tip, one hand on all the socials. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you all. When we're uh, back next week, we'll have some results from the T20s and we are building up to the, the Asia Cup and, of course, then the World Cup later this year. This is the Edison's Legends Cricket Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next week.